Well, hello everybody. How you doing today? Welcome to everyone here in the, in the Summit Church congregation. Welcome to everybody on social media. We're so glad that you've joined us today. And you know, today is Halloween. You know, Halloween. And it's the, it's, it's the time that the, did you go boo? Did you say boo? Oh, woo hoo. I thought he said boo. I thought he's trying to scare me. But it's going to take a whole lot more than that to scare me, I tell you. <laughs> Remember, I've got the broomstick of the Wicked Witch of the West and the Wicked Witch of the East in my closet, right? Or in my, in my office. So take more than that. Plus, I taught junior high for many years. So it's going to take more than saying boo, boo to scare me, I'll tell you that. But hey, today being Halloween... Um, you know, it's a day that the, wor- that the world celebrates witches and witchcraft and all of that and, and goblins. And, but uh, so I'm going to say some things today about, uh, about, about you know, uh, uh, demons and witchcraft and whatnot. But, uh, but, you know, before I start here, I think of the scene from The Wizard of Oz. You know, and there's, there's a scene in there where uh, the... Uh, uh, Tin Man and, and the, uh, the uh, Scarecrow and the Lion and Dorothy and Toto, you know, they're headed for the haunted, for the witches. They're headed for the witch's castle and they wind up in that haunted forest, you know, right before they get there. And all of a sudden, you know, and there's that sign there, haunted forest. It says witch's castle one mile or something. And it says, I'd turn back if I were you, you know, that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, these unseen forces start you know flipping the tin man around and throwing the throwing the uh, uh, scarecrow and I guess pulling the stuffing out of him or whatever uh, the tin man goes up and just crashes and and so <laughs> when all that's happening the the cowardly lion he's 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 there he's he's saying I do believe in spooks I do I do believe in spooks I do I do believe in spooks remember that and the wicked witch is watching all this through her crystal ball and when he's saying I do believe in spooks I do I do believe in spooks then then she says she's watching all this and she says you're going to believe in a whole lot more than that by the time I get through with you <laughs> you know what I mean I don't know so so anyway I don't know that's just uh, I always think about that on Halloween. You're going to believe in a whole lot more than that by the time I get through with you. But spooks, demons, witches, sorcery, haunted houses. I want to talk about those things today just because today is Halloween. And we, we do not celebrate Halloween. We do not honor the devil in any way, shape, form, or fashion. But since it is Halloween, uh, I would like to see what the Bible says about these subjects, or, you know, these things, the subject of spooks, demons, witches, sorcery, warlocks, haunted houses, these sorts of things. You know, the Bible has much to say about, about this subject. And so let's just take this service today and, and take a look at, at, at some of these things. Let's, let's start out in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 18. Let's go to Deuteronomy 18, verse 9. And the Lord says to his people, When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, now watch this, are one who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer or one who conjures spells or a medium or a spiritist or one who calls up the dead. 
For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And then if you look at Leviticus 19 verse 31, it says, Give no regard to mediums and familiar spirits. Do not seek after them to be defiled by them. And so, uh, you know, and we could read many other verses in the Old Testament, but just these, these here uh, will show us that God acknowledges that witches and sorcerers and demons and, and those sorts of things are real. And they are real. Uh, they're, they're very real. And uh, a, a lot of people don't think that they are. A lot of people don't think that, you know, well, there's no such thing as a witch. Well, there is a such thing as a witch, you know, and, and, and ghosts. A lot of people say, well, I don't believe in ghosts. Well, it depends what you want to call it. I don't believe in ghosts per se, like Casper, the friendly ghost, that kind of stuff. But demons, demons are very real. And what people call ghosts are really what the Bible calls demons. So whatever you want to call them, ghosts are very real. But I wouldn't call them ghosts, I'd call them demons. Okay, demonic, demonic forces. They're spirit beings. And I'm not going to get into here today where they, they came from and all of that. Because I could spend a whole other message just on that. But they're evil spirits. And they're very real and a lot of people including Christians, including Christians don't believe in them. And that's just what the devil wants. Is for people to think that there's nothing to it, you know. There's nothing to it. There, there's, no, there's no really witches or there's no, not, not a, such a thing as sorcery and those sorts of things. But they're very real. They really, 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 really they really are. And uh, God acknowledges that fact. And uh, but, you know, like in anything, there's the real and the fake. There's the real and the fake. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, like the other day, my wife and I went up to Grafton. We took a day trip and we went up to Grafton, Illinois. And we're walking along there and there's a there's a there was a little shop there that said palm reading. Come in and have your palm read. Well, I wouldn't go in there. Don't go in there. But I would say most all of those are fake. They just, you come in there, they'll tell you a little something or other about your future and they want your money, you see. And, um, uh, and, and used to be years ago, I, I don't think it's going on now anymore, but, but there used to be commercials where when I was growing up, you know, not when I was younger, but when I was maybe in my late teens, you, you, late at night or whatever, you know, 11 o'clock at night, there'd be a commercial call up and you could call a fortune teller and they'd give you the phone number you could call and they'd tell your fortune they may still do that but but those most all of that's fake you know but there is a real there is a real for example in the old testament king Saul you know Samuel the prophet had died and that's how Saul had heard from God through Samuel and he he had died and Saul wanted to hear from he he needed to he needed to tap into the supernatural realm. There's a natural realm and there's a supernatural realm. We're talking about the supernatural realm here here today. But Saul needed to tap into the supernatural realm and so he said to his assistants he said and I'll put it in my own words. He said uh, put it in my own words. He said find me a witch and find me a real one. 
one with a familiar spirit. See what Saul was saying, he realized there's a lot of fake, but he realized that there were some witches that really, that really are witches. They, they cooperate and, and work in conjunction with demons and, and the devil and so on and so forth. So you need to realize that still goes on today throughout the world, you know. Even in the United States, there are people, there are covens of witches. And, and, and some of them really are for real. And now they don't fly around on brooms like the witch in the Wizard of Oz. You know, but but they're very real. They conjure spells. They put curses on people. And and uh, uh, actually, in 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 my life over the last, uh, uh, I'm 58 now. So I guess the first one happened when I was probably about about 20, and then and then another one happened many years, several years back. But on two different occasions, uh, witches um, uh, uh, put a curse on me. They said. It's going to take a whole lot more than that to scare me because the Bible says what God's blessed, no man can curse. And you know what I do to their curses? Don't mean a thing in the world to me. I rebuke them in the name of the Lord Jesus. And their curse can fall to the ground and be of no effect. And it's never harmed me, never hurt me in one way, shape, form, or fashion. While I'm on it, I'll tell you this. The devil's tried to uh, attack this ministry over the years, this church, Summit Church, and has tried to, spiritually speaking, tried to burn it down on several occasions. And you know, when the devil does that, all he ever does is get his own clothes caught on fire. I tell you what, you understand what I mean by that? So, so, but these things are real. Those curses never bothered me, never hurt me in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Why? Because I'm a child of God. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and what God's blessed, no person can curse. Can you say amen to that? But these things are very, very real. And Saul, he said, hey, get me, get me, a, get me a witch. Get me one. He was looking for a medium, you know, with a, so he could contact the, uh, uh, the supernatural realm. He said, get one with a familiar spirit, you see. He wanted a real one. And by the way, don't go to seances. Don't play with Ouija boards. Don't play with tarot cards. Don't do those things. Because, because demons are uh, hooked up with those things. And uh, I'll say more about that in a moment. But so what God tells us here is not to seek after these things, these evil things. Now, that's the Old Testament. But uh, let's look at the New Testament for a moment. And the New Testament has much to say about demons and and sorcery and so on and so forth and haunted places. Um, uh, at the end here, I'll tell you a story about a some haunted house and whatnot. But <laughs> but you know, the New Testament has much to say, much to say about about demons and witches and sorcery and whatnot. You know, Jesus. If you look at our Lord's ministry, he spent a lot of time casting demons out of many people during his three and a half year ministry. And, and, and I was just looking through the instances yesterday as I was, I just was kind of sharpening up for this message today and just one verse right after the next of how many times Jesus cast demons out of people. I mean, just, just again and again. And, uh, and if I, I, could, I could probably preach two or three messages just on, or more messages just on going through and looking at all the instances where Jesus cast demons out of people. 
you know. And uh, but but so we could look at all those, but let's look at Mark the first chapter. Let's just pick one out here, and notice what happened here. Mark one verse twenty one. Then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue. Now, you know, this would be like us coming to church. And, and he taught. He was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. Now, there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, or we could say a demon spirit. He had a demon in him. Right there in the synagogue, or we could say in church. Think about that. And he cried out. Now, I mean, now that'll, that'll, that'll get the visitors. That'll, 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 that'll upset some visitors, right? I mean, that even upset the church members. You know, like and, uh, and, and he said, let us alone. Now, this is what he cried out. Jesus is up teaching. He said, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now, think about that. That'll disrupt the service, won't it? You know, I, I found another verse yesterday that, that, that I think is interesting. And it says that as Jesus would, would go about his business and go about his ministry, the unclean spirits, demon spirits, whenever they'd see him, they, these demon spirits who possessed people, whenever, whenever those people that the demon spirit was in, whenever they'd see Jesus... They would fall down before him and cry out saying, you are the son of God. Think about that. I think that'd be been something to just watch. People falling down as Jesus walked by. People that had demons in them. And those demons cry out through those people and say, say, I mean, and, and they would fall down right in Jesus presence and cry out probably with a crazy type voice. You are the son of we know who you are. You're the son of the living God. Think about that. Think about that. The Bible says in the book of James that, that the devil and demons believe and tremble. They believe in God and tremble. You, you need to realize that. And so, but, but right here in the synagogue. And so uh, Jesus, in verse 25, rebuked him saying, be quiet. And come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice. Now again, this is making visitors very, very nervous and probably the church members nervous, you know, or the synagogue members. You know, and, and he came out of him. The demon came out and they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority, he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. Isn't that something? Now, I know uh, you say, well, Pastor Terry, that was all those years ago. And that was the Lord Jesus. Now, I know that. But, you know, in Mark 16, verse 17, Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe. I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, in my name, they'll cast out demons. I remember right here in this church many years ago. This goes way back many years ago. The only time anything quite like this happened. But uh, there was, uh, we were having a healing line back in those days. And uh, there was a, a person visiting. There was probably about 50 people in the line. There was a person visiting. It was a lady I'd never seen her before or since. But she was there, and when I walked up in front of her, uh, she started to growl. But it wasn't her necessarily, it was coming from the inside of her. And it was coming out her, her mouth, but it was on the inside of her. It's hard, real hard to explain. But, you know, and, and it, it, you know, it didn't, it didn't take a genius to figure out there's something evil here. But I knew by the Holy Spirit there was a demon there. She's growling at me. 
Now, I got my ushers. They've got their hair standing up on the back of their neck. And uh, you say, Pastor Terry, uh, what about you? Well, the hair was standing up on the back of my neck, too. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, but, you, but you don't let on, you know, nobody can see the back of my neck. You know, so I was standing looking this way. Maybe maybe my helper could have seen it. But so she growling. And so, but, but, you know, the boldness of the Holy Spirit came on me. I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I said, come out of her. And, <laughs> and when I, and, and, and then I just barely touched her before I, my hands even really touched her head. The power of God hit her and she didn't fall backwards. She just fell right, just went straight and just like she melted, just like a sack of salt. And uh, and then and, and I'll share this. I seldom tell this, but but in the spirit now in the spirit, I saw what looked like to me like a bat, a B-A-T, like a black bat come out of her and went out that way, went out that way. And I never said anything to anybody. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> And, but you know what? She got up. That woman got up. When she got up, she looked totally different than when she stepped up in that line. That demon left her. Absolutely. Absolutely. She was totally, totally different. Glory to God. And so anyway, so anyway, uh, I'm standing at the door greeting after the service. And this lady comes up to me. And she's a very sound lady. She was a church. Now, the lady that I, that I cast a demon out of was not a church member. I had never seen her before or since. But the lady that comes to me at the door, she was a very faithful church member. And she's a very sound, sound lady. She was a teacher, a math teacher at Eureka High School. Uh, uh, just very sound lady. And, uh, you know, there's no flakiness about her. You know how sometimes people can be flaky and they're seeing stuff all the time. Well, this lady was, was not that kind of a lady. She's very sound. <laughs> she, she comes up to me at the door when I'm greeting. And she, she, <laughs> she, 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 Pastor Terry, can, she said, can I, can, can I talk to you for just a minute? I said, well, sure. She said, she said, well, she said, I don't want you to think I'm, because see, I didn't say anything about seeing that bat go out. And she said, can, can I, can I, she said, I, I said, go ahead, tell me, what is it? She said, well, she said, uh, she said, when you laid hands on that lady and she fell straight down there, she said, she said, I, I saw like over in the spirit. She said, I saw, now she's, this lady is telling me the story. She's sitting out where y'all are. And she said, when you laid hands on her, she said, I saw what looked like a black bird or something come out of her and fly out that way. <laughs> and she said, do you think I'm crazy? I said, no. I said, I, I told her privately, I said, I saw the same thing. You know, to her, it went out to the right. To me, it went out to the left. Either way, it went out that way. Can you say amen? amen? These things are very real. But thank God we've got authority over the devil and demons. Can you say amen? amen? Glory to God. And so those things didn't happen all the time. That's the only time anything like that happened, you know, to that, to that degree. But, uh, but, but uh, these things are real, very real. And notice if you would, Acts the 8th chapter. Let's go there quickly. Just a few more New Testament examples of, of these things. And, uh, uh, and, and these examples show that God's power is greater than the devil's power. Look in Acts 8 verse 5. I'll read this from the King James Version. 
Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the people with one accord gave heed to the things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time... Uh, in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is a great power of God. Let me tell you something else about demons and the devil. The, the thing you got to watch is deception. Because they can, they do have power and they can... And if you don't know the word of God, you can, you can watch the devil move and you almost think it's God doing something. And when it's not. I know Brother Hagin said this years ago and when he first said it, I just, I couldn't hardly believe it. But it, after years of ministry and he's right what he said, Brother Hagin. He said that he's, he's seen ministers operate under the power of the Holy Ghost one night in a service and the next night in the service they'd operate and yield the occult powers. And when he first said that, I, how can that be? But, I, but I've seen that to be so. And it's very possible. And uh, much we could say about that. So you have to know the word of God so you be not deceived, you see. Because the devil is a master of deception. And uh, but so, so this saucer, Simon, he was, he was a saucer, demonic, but the people thought he was a power of God. That's why you've got to know the word of God. And so anyway, to him, they, verse 11, they, had, they gave regard because that of a long time he'd bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. When, now watch this. When Simon himself, it said, then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondering, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now think about this. This really shows that the power of God is greater than the power of the devil. Because here you have a sorcerer and he sees the real power of God in operation. And it moves him so that he becomes a believer. I mean, the power of God is greater than the power of the devil. It just is. It just is. It just is. It just is. And so I wanted to read that just to show you that Philip dealt with a, with a sorcerer, but the power of God was greater. And then look at Acts, the 13th chapter. This was verse 8. This was right as Paul went out into his first missionary journey. But Elymas, now watch this. Paul, had, Paul, you know, and Barnabas, they had just embarked on their first missionary journey. Acts 13, verse 8. But Elymas, the sorcerer, withstood them. Seeking, see the devil will, he'll try to withstand you. And seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, this is the apostle Paul. He was Saul before he got saved and became Paul. Filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at this Elymas, this saucer, and said, O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, Will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you. And you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on Elymas. And he, was around, and, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. See, the power of God will leave the devil in the dark. Can you say amen to that? Glory amen. to God. The power of God is greater. But you see, the apostle Paul had to deal with a saucer. 
See, these things are very, very real. And then another time he had to deal with a, with a, a demonic situation in Acts, the 16th chapter. In the 16th verse, now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. Now here, here you have it. You got a fortune teller, but this is a for real one because she's got a familiar spirit in her. Now, most of those fortune tellers, like I said earlier, that you see on television or in a shop when you walk down down a street somewhere, they're, they're, they're not they're, Most of those aren't for real, you know. But there are some that are. And this this girl had a demon in her. She had a, a spirit of of, uh, of divination in her. And and her masters, those who had control over her, they brought uh, she brought them much profit by yielding to this demon. You see. And this girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaimed us the way of salvation. And this, and this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Glory to God. Amen. Now people ask me, so that, you know, they say, well, in verse 17, this girl was saying, uh, was saying the right things. You know, these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim the way of salvation. Why would you want to put a stop to that? Well, all I can, much I could say, but all I'm going to say right now is, is that in verse 18, whatever she was doing, even though she was saying the right words, it was annoying. It was great annoyance. Yeah. And much we could say, but just for this lesson right here, I'll just say this. When the devil operates, one thing is for sure, there'll be an annoyance to it. To anybody that really has the Spirit of God in them, there'll it, be an annoyance to it. Um, I'll, ju I'll just leave it at that. I could tell you some examples, but I we'll just leave it at that. Whenever, 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 uh, 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 we'll just leave it at that. Whenever, whenever, whenever the devil's in operation, if you have the Holy Ghost in you, if you know the Lord, be, you, you'll be able to tell it. There'll be an annoyance to it. There'll be an annoyance to it. And uh, apparently that's what was going on, even though she was saying the right things. But notice, what am I trying to get across to you here today? There was a, there was a woman here who had a demon in her. And Paul was greatly annoyed. And notice he didn't speak to the woman, he said to the spirit, didn't he? He spoke to the spirit in her. And, and notice he commanded her in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. And when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone. See, now they're not going to make any more money off her because that demon's gone. See, they didn't care anything about that girl. All they cared about was money. But the point is, demons are real. Spirits of divination are real. Familiar spirits are real. These things are very real. But we've got authority over them in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Now notice Acts the 19th chapter and the 11th verse. This was when Paul was in Ephesus and uh, he, he was there for several years ministering and whatnot. But notice Acts 19, 11. Now God worked on you. Now notice God did the working, but God worked on usual miracles by the hands of Paul. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and evil spirits went out of them. Glory to God. And uh, then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists. And by the way, don't ever watch that movie, The Exorcist. Because you need to realize that's based on a true story. It happened right here in St. Louis at the Election Brothers Hospital many years ago. And it wasn't a little girl, it was a little boy. 
And I'm sure Hollywood dramatized it up, but I tell you what, it was very real. It was very bad and all of that. And I, I knew an orderly who worked down there. And, uh, uh, and he said that, that years after that happened, the floor that that little boy was on, he said he couldn't, he just couldn't hardly go on that floor or go around. He said it was ooh, very, very eerie. And, uh, but, but anyway, these were exorcists. And well, now watch this here. Now, now look at this. Look at verse 13. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. Saying, we exercise you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Well, see, they didn't know Jesus for themselves. You know, you need to know Jesus for yourself. But they didn't know Jesus for themselves. And they were just doing something because they heard Paul did it or saw Paul do it. Verse 14. Also there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? See, they were, they'd never been born again. And then the, watch this, then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them overpowered them and prevailed against them so they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Wow. Superhuman strength. I mean, this one guy knocked out, took down seven, seven, what I read, seven people here. See, when people are demon-possessed and fully taken over by the devil, by demons, many times they'll have superhuman strength. You know, the maniac of maniac Gadara, remember him? Jesus ran up on him, remember that? And the Bible said he, they tried to bind, I mean, before Jesus got there, other people tried to bind this maniac and couldn't. He'd break the chains, you know. And uh, I, I tell you what, I had an experience with this uh, many years ago. Uh, I, I had gone to see, uh, there was a certain person that was in a mental institution right here in St. Louis. And uh, they'd requested that I come to see him. Actually, he's a church member and had to go in there for some things. And, and he was in there and I went over to, to visit him. And uh, I know I was sitting there talking to him and we were having a nice conversation and, and down at the end of this hall and I couldn't see the end of the hall because we were sitting up there in the commons area and I heard all kinds of, of clamor, clamor going on and screaming and yelling and just it was just a terrible tumult and you could hear it kept getting closer coming down the hall. And it was just getting closer and closer and closer. It was a terrible, I mean, things clanking and banging and going on. And so I'm sitting there talking to this guy, but we're, we stopped talking and we're just waiting to see what, what's going to come out, you know, come out the end of that hall. <laughs> and, and, when, and then much to my amazement, finally, when it gets to the end of the hall, there's this woman and I'm going to say she, I, I, I'm going to say she was probably in, in her fifties, but she looked older and she was basically skin and bone. Her eyes were bugged out and there were four big orderlies. You know what an order, orderly is? Four big guys. And I tell you what, she was throwing them around and the one would grab her and she'd throw him off and then the other two'd grab her, she'd throw them off and then the other guy'd get her and she'd throw him off. I mean, superhuman strength. And it didn't take a genius to figure out there's some demons involved here because this, this woman couldn't, I mean, you know, she was she was just just skin and bones, but there was a demon involved, and you you could hear it in her voice and her eyes and all of that. And so finally, she threw the, she she had disembarked all four of them, and she turned and and guess who she focused on? Yours truly. <laughs> and 
I'm sitting there with the church member, and, and, and she comes for me with those eyes bugged out. She comes right after me. I tell you what, I'm standing, I mean, she's coming after me. I mean, why is she coming after me? She's coming after me. And so, so I, you know, I stood up, and just as she gets to me, I, uh, you, you want to know what I did? You want to know what I did? You really want to know what I did? You know what I did? You know, here's what I did. I jumped over the sofa. <laughs> I jumped over the sofa and I'm standing there. <laughs> and so just then, oh, and those orderlies, all four of them finally grab her and, and, and pull her away. And I just, and I, you know, and so, and so I stepped back over the sofa and I felt terrible. I was much younger at the time. I felt terrible. Because I knew I should have stood up to that cat and spoke to it in the name of the Lord Jesus. I should have done it. I mean, now don't sit there and look at me like that. You don't know what you do. Don't look at me like that out there on Facebook. You don't know what you do if you, until you have one of them coming at you, you know. That's the first time I'd ever been in a situation like that. I'd like to think I'd handle it better, you know, you know now. But now I, I believe I'd rebuke it in the name of the Lord Jesus. But at that time I jumped. <laughs> And so anyway, uh, but uh, they got her away and then I stepped back over the sofa and I sat down and I apologized because I felt so bad for running from the devil. I'm not going to run from the devil anymore, but uh, not the lady, but what was in her, you see. And uh, somebody said, well, why didn't you just cast the devil out of her? You know, you can't cast the devil out of somebody that doesn't want the devil cast out of them. You say, well, wouldn't anybody want the devil cast out of them? No. Some people are just very content. Now, I could preach a whole message on that. So I'm apologizing to the church member. And, I, and then I said, because he knew this other uh, pastor here in St. Louis who, who, who I, I looked up to and I thought very highly of. And, and, uh, and I said to the church member, I said, uh, I, I, said I, I let you down. I said, I said uh, this other uh, uh, pastor, because this church member knew this other pastor, and this, this other pastor is long since gone. But, but I was apologizing. I said, I said he, 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 he wouldn't have done what I did, would he? He said, no, no, he wouldn't have done what you did. He said, the only difference between him and you is you jumped over to the sofa. He'd have jumped over to the sofa and ran down the hall. <laughs> you know, so that made, me feel, that made me feel a little bit better, you know. But <laughs> let me finish this up. I, anyway, so anyway, verse 17, this became known when, when this happened here with this evil spirit overtaking the seven sons of Sceva. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus. Fear fell on all them. Uh, and the name of the Lord was magnified. Praise God. And, uh, and many who had uh, believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic. Now watch this. Those who had practiced magic. You know, there's people practice magic right here in St. Louis. Did you know that? They practice magic. And you know, there, there's a satanic church. Did you know that? You know, there's people worship Satan. Did you know that? I mean, you had to be crazy. You had to be crazy. You had to be crazy. I'm not going to worship Satan. I'm going to rebuke him and command him to leave in Jesus' name. I mean, he's under my feet. I'm not bowing down to him. Jesus put him under my feet. And yours too, if you're a believer. But, there, but there's people that, I don't know, it's, they're deceived. They're just deceived. But uh, who practice magic, brought their books, now watch this, brought their books together and burned them. If you've got a Ouija board in your house, just get rid of it. Go burn it, you know. Tarot cards, burn those things. And they did it in the sight of all, and they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. Think about that. 
There was a real move of God here in Ephesus. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Can you say amen? amen. Now, as I begin to close this, go to Revelation, the 18th chapter in the second verse. I'm going to read this in the NIV, New International Version. Notice here, uh, interesting thing here. This is the book of Revelation 18 to NIV. With a mighty voice he shouted, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She, now Babylon was a city. Notice this city has become a home for demons and a haunt for every evil spirit. Now, have you ever heard of haunted houses? Now, you know, as well as I do on Halloween, they'll put these haunted houses up. Have you ever seen those? And people will go through them, maybe pay a fee to go through them. But I'm going to tell you, those houses aren't haunted. They're just, you know, they put the scary things up. And I, I'm, I wouldn't go through one if I, I, I just wouldn't do it. But, I, but, but those aren't haunted. But there are some houses that are. They really, really, really are. And uh, don't, don't ask me about calling Ghostbusters. Now, don't, don't, don't even bring that up. Don't bring that up. But uh, I tell you what, uh, there are some haunted houses. There really are. And, uh, and, and you need to realize, and a lot of people don't know this, but, but I'm going to tell you. See, a lot of people think that a house, when it's haunted, because if a city can be haunted, a house can be haunted. We just read in the Bible that a city could be haunted. And it could be a home for demons and a haunt for every evil spirit. So there are evil spirits that, that do dwell in houses and structures and things. Absolutely the truth. But a lot of people think it's maybe the, the spirit of the person that used to live there. Uh, but when a, when a person dies, their spirit leaves this earth. If they're a Christian, they go to heaven. If they're not a Christian, they go to hell. But their spirit leaves this earth. But, but there are familiar spirits. There are demon spirits that, 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 that can, can hang behind. It's like at a seance, you know. Like, uh, uh, you know, and, and the, this, the, the, the seance person, you know, the witch or whatever's there, the medium. The medium's gonna, gonna, a medium between the natural and the supernatural, and they're gonna call up Uncle Fred or, you know, and then, and then, and so the real ones. Now listen to this. A real medium calls up Uncle Fred. And I don't mean on the telephone. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Now I'm talking to the real here now. <laughs> And Uncle Fred, I mean, and, 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 and the medium starts telling the person that's there wanting to contact Uncle Fred. And the medium starts telling this person only things that Uncle Fred and that person could have known. That's very real. But what do we know? That medium has, it's not Uncle Fred. That medium has a familiar spirit who knew Uncle Fred, who was aware of Uncle Fred. You understand what I'm saying? And could do that. There are real things like this. Most of it's fake, but I'm trying to tell you there's some real things. There really, really are some real things. But you need to realize it's not Uncle Fred. Uncle Fred's either in heaven or in hell. If he's born again, he's in heaven. If he, you know, he's dead, he, he's, he's either in heaven or, or in hell. If he's a Christian, knows the Lord Jesus, he's in heaven or otherwise he's in hell. Can you say amen? You understand what I'm saying? But I'm trying to tell you these things are real. There are some things that are real. And uh, and so we need to realize that two two these personal examples I think bring these things to light. I remember uh, we had a church. Uh, he wasn't a church member. He attended church periodically many years ago. And he came up to me and he had just bought a house. And he said to me, he said, Pastor Terry, he said, bought this house. I, and he didn't live in it. He rented it. It was a rental house. And he said that he said the he said the the, the tenants are calling me and there's rapping on the walls at night. There's rapping on the walls. 
You know, almost every night there's rapping on the walls. They've checked it all out. They can't find. There's rapping on the walls. It's scaring the daylights out of them. Rapping on the walls. Can you do anything? I said, well, if you give me the authority, I can't unless you give me the authorities. I give you the authority. So standing right here, I said in the name of the Lord Jesus, and I said the, the demonic power that's rapping on those walls, I said, cease and desist and get out of that house in Jesus' name. And he said that night, from that night on, there was no more rapping. Can you say amen? amen. And then I'll tell you one that happened to me. I remember my wife and I, we bought a house years ago on Summit Hills, over here in Summit Hills. And uh, this is very interesting. We bought a house in Summit Hills and, uh, and, and we bought it. And the, the, the night before we moved in, the night before we moved in, I was over there at, at night, <laughs> the night before we moved in. I was there by myself. And I tell you what, the hair started standing, standing up on the back of my neck like it did with that lady I told you about. When I cast that demon out of her here in the church, I mean, it was, it was, it was bad. And I mean, it's scary. I mean, I mean, bad scary. There's something, something not right. You know, my spider sense was tingling. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, I mean, man. And, uh, and so, and so I told Diane. And so before we moved in, we, we took authority over whatever that was and commanded that it not operate while we live in that house. And for 15 years or whatever it was, no, no problems at all. Uh, but what I found out was, now listen to this, what I found out was is, is I found out that the house that we bought, that many years back, the, the farmer that owned that land, that, that, one, I think one of his children is what it was, had died. Now listen to this. And of all the lots in that subdivision, the grave site was on the very site where our house was built. And the title search showed that. And my, my friend, my realtor, informed me of that. He overlooked it. He, he, he didn't know it was there. But, but nonetheless, we, bought, we basically bought a house on a grave site. That'll cheer you up, won't it? <laughs> so, but, but I, and so I mean, that, so I didn't know that. I had that feeling of, you know, spider sense. To, I mean, it was not spider sense. It was, I was, it was scary. But then we found out it was on a gravesite. But that thing never bothered us while we were there. Not one time. But there's more to the story. So we sold it in the process of time and moved to where we live now. And, and, and I would say probably about maybe three to six months, three months, probably three months. Ah, two months probably. Two, two, three, four months, whatever it was. That same realtor who we used to buy it, uh, he, he, we let him sell it f for us. And so he calls me on the phone. And he says, he says, Terry, he said, I got it because I went to school with him as a kid. He said, uh, he said, I got to ask you a question. He said, this is going to be the craziest thing. He said, I'm almost embarrassed to even call you and ask you this question. But he said, he said, I'm just, he said, I'm fit to be tied here. He said, the, the new owners are calling me. And, and I said, well, what is it? He said, well, he said, he said, when you and Diane lived there, did you all ever have any problems with ghosts? And I said, I said, no. He said, well, he said, the new people that have bought the house, he said, there's all kinds of strange things happening. You know, they'll turn a light off in a room and they're 100% sure that it's off. They triple check it that it's off. Nobody else goes near the light. They come back and the light's on. And other things like that. 
and, and other things I could get into that he said. But, but he said, did you ever have any trouble with any haunting or anything there? And I said, no. But you see, once we left, once we left, see, that thing couldn't operate as long as we were there. Not because we're special, but we know our authority in Jesus' name. See? And that thing, once we left, see, then that thing was free to operate. See, I didn't know it. I mean, I didn't, didn't. I mean, how do you disclose the house is haunted? <laughs> I mean, I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know. So I didn't do anything e illegal to the people that bought it. I, you know, but it is something. You know, sometimes when there's a house where there's murders take place, the house will, uh, you know, there'll be strange things that happen. Because the devil's a murderer, isn't he? Well, you know, we won't look this next scripture up, but remember in the Old Testament, uh, remember the magicians uh, threw down their rods and Moses threw down his rod. Remember that? And the magicians' rods became snakes. And Moses' rod became a snake. But what did Moses' rod do? It swallowed up the, the magicians. So what does that show us? A power of God will swallow up and destroy the power of the devil. Amen. And then in Luke 10, 19, Jesus said, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. We want to stand on that verse, don't we? Amen, amen, amen. But you know, I'll close with this thought. You know, we think about all these supernatural type of things we've been talking about here today. You know, and the hair standing up on the back of your neck and rapping on walls and different things. But I think this is what you really need to think about. And I want you to look this verse up because, you know, we all get excited and interested. And it's very fascinating with these, you know, rapping on the walls and, you know, this kind of thing. And what we've talked about. But I think something's happening right in front of our very eyes here in the United States. And we don't even we, we don't see the devil's a deceiver. And this is something, you know, we're, while we're looking at the wrapping on the walls and the, ooh, you know, that kind of stuff. I do that pretty good, don't I? That kind of stuff. First Timothy 4, First Timothy 4, 1, we'll close with this. Now, the Holy Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits, and doctrines of demons. I believe we're living in the latter times. I think it's clear. And I've watched this in front of my very eyes over the last couple of decades. And the further we go along, the worse it gets. But many people in the United States and Christians, primarily because it talks about departing from the faith, Christians... People who are Christians, departing from the faith, being deceived because they give heed to, you see, while, while we're thinking about woo and rapping on the walls and that kind of stuff, there really are demons at work. They're deceiving spirits. And many of the pulpits of America, sad to say, are preaching doctrines of demons. Many of them are. I'm talking the media, what you see on the media, a lot of it. And Christians are buying it hook, line, and sinker. And ultimately, it causes them to, to depart from the faith. That's sobering right there. Yes, it is. 
These other things I'm talking about more entertaining, but what I said right there is probably the most important part of the message. Don't be deceived by the devil and don't give heed to doctrines of demons. And I'll tell you right now, do you know I've learned this, that most people that go to churches, when they, when they choose a church, they do not look to find out what that church really, really believes before they become a member. They'll go there because their friends go there, because family members go there, because they like the worship. The worship, you know, makes, the worship makes me feel good. Before you choose a church, remember, you don't choose your church. You let the Holy Spirit choose it for you. You visit, you visit a bunch of churches, you know, however many you feel you need to, and let that peace versus no peace guide you. And then you, you visit, and don't, you don't go just one time, go a couple of times, and, 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 then, and then you get that peace on the inside. But, but I tell you what, you need to go to their website of that church or somehow or another, and you need to read and find out what it is they believe. What do they believe about the Heavenly Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit? What do they believe? You need to know that. Can you say Amen. Stand with me if you would. If you're out there today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, the Bible says, call on the name of the Lord. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you'll do that with a repentant heart. You say, Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. If you do that, you mean it with a repentant heart. Uh, he'll come in there. You'll miss hell. You'll make heaven. And he'll, he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. And if you're a child of God, you don't have to be afraid of the devil because Jesus has given us authority over the devil in his name. Hey, thanks for joining us today. God bless you. Bye-bye.